Hey everybody, hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to another episode of Blockchain and Beyond. Today is a episode on a project called Ricochet, which is a, a dollar cost averaging exchange using some technologies. Um, I did have some technical difficulties while recording this, but I've hopefully cut out some of the parts. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, the video quality will be a bit reduced because I just had some technical problems with my camera and my phone. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. So um, I'm Ciro. I am a front-end developer and community manager at Ricochet Exchange. Uh, I've been working in tech, I suppose, for the last three years, uh, mostly self-taught. Um, I've had a big passion for this stuff ever since I saw the the amount of people it can help and how it connects everybody seamlessly, um, how there's nobody like gatekeeping access to apps. Um, so that's what motivates me to stay in the space. Um, and I, I also do a podcast as well, uh, talking about this stuff. So yeah, that's, that's what keeps me interested in this. Um, cool. And, uh, yeah, so I'm Mike, uh, I live in Philadelphia and I basically have been doing like decentralized financial technology for, you know, for the last three years. And prior to that, I was mining crypto. Um, and yeah, so, you know, that's, that's pretty much my background doing computer engineering, um, I attended, you know, Pennsylvania State University here, and uh, I also run at in Philadelphia uh, a, a crypto meetup uh, called DeFi Philly, and uh, we meet regularly for you know decentralized finance, networking events, and things like that. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that's awesome. Sound. So you both kind of have a background and I guess sort of a passion in you know this this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that that mainly covers it. So I guess we can jump into the stuff that you're doing. So you both currently work for Ricochet Exchange, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it's like we we basically contribute to the Ricochet Exchange project, right? So you know, we're both basically contributors. Uh, it was a project that was created at a hackathon, right? So you know that that's pretty much our uh, our affiliation with it and. You know, we're basically one of, you know, maybe like 40 people that have made contributions, though, you know, we make the most, um, you would make most of the contributions and we keep the project alive. Cool. So, so for people who might not be aware, what is Ricochet? What do you, what do they do? Um, and yeah, where do you guys also fit into that? I think we both kind of have to answer this a bit differently um, since we come from different perspectives, but uh, for me, Ricochet is a dollar cost averaging tool that lets you automate your investments. Um, and we do this on a very, very granular level. So we're doing these automated purchases on a like very, very often throughout the day. So that's what the project is. There's a lot of other things around it, but I feel like that's really the heart and soul of uh, what Ricochet does. Um, yeah, that would, that, that's that's what I think it is. Yeah, and I would add that like Ricochet Exchange technology, like the protocol itself, is just very efficient when it comes to the gas uh, used to do dollar cost averaging at scale. Um, and it's also very, because of the way that we chunk the uh, purchases into 15 minute, like very small increments, uh, you save on slippage because you're not doing such a large trade. Um, and then, of course, you're sort of getting a more average cost because you're follow you're basically following the line uh, every 15 minutes as opposed to every um, you know so often. So, 
so that's the other part about Ricochet is like some of the things that we do as far as, you know, moving funds around the protocol is using a technology called Superfluid. Um, and that allows us to more efficiently do dollar cost averaging uh, and scale it to, you know, millions of people could be doing it on chain um, using our, the Ricochet protocol. So. Yeah, I think there's there's a few points that I, I probably want to touch on um, before we go into Superfluid. Um, I guess the first one is is the batching of transactions, right? So I guess that the traditional problem with dollar cost averaging is that there's a lot of transactions happening um, every so often, and you yeah. know the more the more often you want to purchase, if you want to purchase say four times a day or ten times a day, you know those transactions eventually all add up. And with things like gas fees, that can actually be quite a problem, uh, become a problem, especially when you want to account for how much you're spending on gas versus how much you're actually getting as an output. And I guess where, where Ricochet kind of comes in is it kind of aggregates everyone's um, investments or, or, or purchases and then executes these throughout the day, right? So there could be, you know, 100 people um, wanting to dollar cost average, but all of these transactions are effectively batched together. So there's only one transaction going through the network, which is one minimizing on gas fees um, and minimizing, as you said, on uh, slippage as well, because these transactions are happening, you know, super often. Yeah. Yeah. And there's basically like this, uh, this, um, you know, this, this concept that you're going to have to execute transactions for thousands and thousands of people, millions and millions of people. Well, you just, there's just not enough block space to do that. Like a, a daily dollar cost averaging for a million people. That's, you know, you're talking about a million transactions a day. Um, but with our method, it doesn't matter if it's 10 users doing dollar cost averaging or uh, a million, it's the same fixed fee to run the 15 minute uh, increments. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the, the platform also, you know, allows people to uh, invest in, I guess, quite a lot of different um, uh, assets as well. So it's not just, you know, uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. They can also choose a variety of kind of source assets as well. So whether that's USDC or Matic, you know, it gives people a lot of um, options on, on what they actually invest in. So it gives people that sort of flexibility to kind of do it their way without having to, you know, be be pigeonholed into picking one or the other. Yeah. So there's three there's three tokens that we support. Like we support Wrapped Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, Wrapped Ethereum on Polygon and Matic. Um, and then as far as inputs uh, or like on the stablecoin side pairings, we have Dai and USDC. So a lot of uh, a lot of people in the ecosystem are being, uh, you know, super fluid is its own ecosystem of people streaming money around. And a lot of that is salaries being streamed. So, you know, those, those are the, the main asset. Those are the main tokens that I think people want to, to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we cover very fair grounds in terms of what we currently provide uh, as tokens on our platform. Um, Mostly, like I wouldn't say, uh, I wouldn't say anything is risk free, but uh, we mostly support things that have been around for a long time and uh, are very valued by people. And we hope that we give enough people enough choice um, with their investments. Because uh, right now, if you are somebody in the superfluid ecosystem and you are getting a stream or you're interested in this technology, 
it, it doesn't hurt to just set aside a percentage of your income and invest it into different assets that might become useful later on, uh, especially when we're talking about things like Ethan Matic, where you need that as gas to do things on, on these networks. So um, I hope, uh, what, what do you think about the token list that we support for Zun? Yeah, no, I think the token list definitely, you know, um, accommodates for the most popular, the most demanded uh, tokens. And I guess that there is sort of expansion going on, right? So, you know, you have the opportunity to actually invest into uh, LPs uh, with, with, uh, with, with Ricochet, with the tokens you pick. So, you know, you can kind of use that to get exposure to different assets. And, you know, as you said, not everything is risk free. But, you know, you try to accommodate the most uh, popular, the most demanded assets um, within the ecosystem, which I think is probably the, the, the right step. And it's probably a lot safer to go slower when adding new assets rather than going too quick, um, where, you know, you could probably run into a lot of problems if, you know, you you pick up a project which doesn't go well, um, you know, which might be a rug or, you know, faces some other issues Um you know, it, it sort of prevents a lot of those problems from, from arising. We did list like two smaller cap tokens. We listed Idle and Maker. And because at the time we were like doing collaborations with them. But like at the end of the day, what ended up happening was there just wasn't enough demand to support the markets there. We could turn down the frequency and like only do distributions every day or only do distributions every so often. And then that would maybe that kind of like tunes the cost of what it is to run a market. Um, but there was just very little volume for those pairings. And then the other thing is like moving forward, um, it's not like the, the customer doesn't really want uh, to hold just spot anything. They don't know. Nobody wants to hold just something that doesn't earn yield. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, even if it's be, even if it's not streaming into a liquidity pool per se, with your where you're pairing assets together even just streaming into like yield bearing versions of the ETH and that Bitcoin um, and being able to stream your stable coins in um, you know or just like hold your stack of stable coins in a yield bearing instrument as you stream it out so that that stack is still earning interest up until the moment it gets swapped for something else that's earning interest um, so yeah yeah and I guess the, the technology behind Ricochet is super, super fluid. And for someone right. who's never heard of super fluid, what, what would you sort of describe it as? Um, I could take it. I could take a shot at that. I mean, the, the, the headline for super fluid is like streaming money. Mm -hmm. And then the, the next logical question is what does it mean to stream money? And really what the, the answer to that is that money is credited to the receiver on the per second basis. Mm -hmm. So every second you're getting a certain amount of money that's available to you to withdraw. Um, and then a more technical way I explain it is it's like, it's like opening state channels uh, for streaming funds, which says you do one transaction that opens up a state channel that says, I'm willing to send you a certain, at a certain rate every you know 100 units per second um, starting now, right? And then, it, and then what anyone can observe that state channel to figure out who whose balance, like what's the current balance of the both accounts. And then when that state channel is like closed, you don't need it anymore. And it just like you can, you know, you, you're, you're done. So, um, so that's what I would explain Superfluid as. It also, it also, and then another thing is it, it also adds some extensions onto tokens that support 
moving them around in um, a more gas efficient way. And, and what that technically how that's done, as far as I understand it, is it's kind of like a rebasing me- mechanism for, you know, when you're sending funds out, you sort of like rebase, uh, make do a rebase operation. Uh, and at that point, you can basically change the balances of lots of different people um, by doing a rebasing operation as opposed to doing a ERC-20 transfer operation. So so that's all superfluid. That's all packed in superfluid. And sure if you want to add some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to like talk about maybe the consumer side a little bit. Uh, one very important thing is that uh, you don't have to, sp- like you're only spending what you use in terms of streaming. Like if you are, if you only want to invest for like six hours, that's all you have to invest for. You don't have to give any more or less than what you actually want to put in. Um, and you have a lot more control, both as somebody that is opening a string to somebody else. Say you're an employer and you have some employees. Um, traditionally, like what, what are you going to do with payments? Are you going to pay them before they do work, after they do work? Are you going to break that into multiple times a week where you have to spend all this time uh, doing things, you know, that are pretty unnecessary? I feel like streaming from the user perspective solves a lot of those problems because uh, we get in an agreement. We open streams uh, for work. As long as we're doing work, we're receiving our money. We're being credited on a second per second basis. You don't have to wait two weeks or whatever. Um, so that's like the underlying technology from the consumer and user perspective. Um, but we, I don't necessarily think we're all just uh, uh, super fluid, though. There's a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts both on the back end and the front end in our application that um, we have to give credit for, like Teller and um, obviously a lot of the custom work that we've done. Uh, does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So that that is sort of what I was I was trying to um, get at, especially a bit more on the on the consumer side. So you know, it's you know, you you start a new job, your employee opens up a stream to your wallet, where you know you're getting paid, say, two thousand uh, USDC every month, and you can see your balance effectively tick up every second. You will see it, you know, go up second by second so you know if there was something that you wanted to spend it on you could spend it you know as soon as you get the money rather than having to wait two weeks or a month you know to actually get your 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 salary and that can potentially help solve a lot of problems because you know people have bills to pay sometimes your bill cycles don't align up and you may have you know um, additional spending that you need to do right if you know you have some sort of an emergency and I think that having your income streamed to you in real time can help alleviate a lot of these problems that, that people are facing. Um, um, one thing where I feel like Ricochet really shines is that say you are getting that stream, like we said, um, you don't have to wait until you start investing. We all know that if you start investing earlier, you will ma- be making much more money later on uh, because of how like compound interest happens. And, um, if you are able to start investing some of your income as soon as you start working you might be able to make your way out of like you know like maneuver yourself into a position of having more money um earlier on than having to wait uh until those bill cycles come and all your money disappears um so that's what we're really trying to solve for because i wanted to like phrase that well um so we get that point out there yeah no definitely so it's i guess sort of enabling people to make 
uh, perhaps better uh, financial decisions um, aside from, you know, traditional ways of doing it where you may not have enough to, you know, put aside. You can kind of put aside money as you go. Um, and, you know, if your circumstances do change, you can obviously adjust for that. But this, le this lets you do it in, you know, sort of real time, um, which is, I think, the real thing. And, you know, Rukshay is sort of innovation upon the super superfluid protocol, which is, you know, quite big itself um and you know the the this case of dollar cost averaging you know i've i've dealt with um a little bit you know so i've built my own systems mostly using you know exchanges where you know i've had to use their apis to actually build a system that would dollar cost for me because the systems within centralized exchanges so for example coinbase will let you dollar cost average every week or every month uh, but that time frame isn't something I wanted, right? That was too long for me. I wanted to do it, you know, multiple times a day. And exchanges that were supporting that were charging sort of like extortionate fees or like very high fees compared to what I was, you know, um, able to invest at the time, you know? So if uh, Ricochet was around when I, you know, had sort of started that, that would have been an option for me to actually do as much as I could for that month or for that, that week or whatever, um, and actually helped me sort of balance out my um, my income with how much I'm, I'm investing and so on. So, you know, that's, that's you know, when I reached out to you guys, that's sort of why I mentioned that, you know, this is a project that I've, you know, really interested in because I've, I've looked into it a bit. You know, I've had to build my own system separately around what I wanted to do. Um, but I can definitely see, you know, where you guys are sort of heading with this. Um. Cool. Um, so I, I saw on your website, you've uh, building out some some things to do with, I believe, ICOs. Would either of you want to speak a bit more on that? Or is that something that's still half and half? No, I mean, basically, so like what we have here again in the protocol is like, it's, it's uh, I mean, yeah, you could use it for IPO, ICOs. The tool itself is the mechanic around the tool itself is about distributing tokens mm -hmm. and the method that it uses uh, has like a price discovery mechanic. So like right now, price discovery is done on liquidity pools where people trade back and forth to get a price. Right. And that that's just one mechanism of, of doing it where, you know, the last the, the price is just whatever the last trade was. Um, with the with our stream exchange that does they call it the launch pad with the launch pad contract what ends up happening is the price is set based on the stream rates and the emission rate so if you create a, a launch pad contract you put a thousand tokens in there and you're going to distribute one token a day for a thousand days what happens is is people can compete for that one token per day using a stream so you can go on the app we have a live demo of this and you can see that you know the token price ends up getting set based on the input stream and the output emission so it's just how many tokens are coming out divided by how many tokens are going in and that sets a price and the nice thing about that is that that price is based on subscribers right so as people subscribe to get some of the tokens they say how much are they willing to pay per month is how we denominate it and so so yeah right so it's a different price discovery mechanic it's a different way of distributing tokens and in a lot of ways it's better because of the whole um it basically bypasses any kind of minor extractable value mm -hmm. 
there is no minor extractable value in this method because of the emission. Um, and yeah, so, uh, you know, it's also a little bit more gas efficient. You know, you, you can just buy, start buying the token. You don't have to get into these gas races to try to get the most of it, like faster than whoever else is trying to get it once it ICOs or once it drops into a liquidity pool. Um, so yeah, it's that, that's, that's that, uh, the ICO product. Cool. No, no, it, it's definitely, you know, innovating on, you know, traditional ways of actually carrying out ICOs. And, you know, um, I think as soon as more projects find out that, hey, this is a new way of, of trying it, or, you know, it could be better for, you know, supporting the people who want to, you know, support our project. I think people will definitely be, be picking up on it. And, and the other nice thing about it is, and this is something that, you know, obviously the more I think about, the more great things I'm going to come up with, but the the other great thing about it is the fundraising mechanic is not lump sum fundraising. So if you did want to use the system to raise funds, then you're doing it through a subscription, which is basically like loyal fans believe in you uh, and they're willing to subscribe. So in essence, like I, I kind of laugh at the ICO thing because like, yes, that's one thing you could do with it. But also, you know, there's other, you know, other things that it could be used for. Um, and yeah, the subscription fundraising is like, you know, one, one way to think about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so this, so this was a question that I, I sort of had, right? So the, the purchases, you know, through your, uh, through your platform, they happen every, every so often. How, how are these actually like executed? Do you have a script which is running on a server somewhere which is running every you know so often or is it is there a way to actually decentralize this yeah. whole execution um yeah so we did have it it was basically a script running on servers mm -hmm. uh the, the only thing decentralized about it is there's like four of us running the script yeah. but now it uses gelato yeah. so basically what happens is someone has to just fill up a gelato account to trigger it Mm -hmm. um, which the DAO does. And basically the, the solution to all this is to create some kind of like incentive for people to trigger the distribution, the swap and the distribution. And that kind of incentive would be basically splitting some of the fees. So, you know, after a certain point, enough funds would accrue into the contract that it would make sense for somebody to pay the gas and collect maybe a 10% fee on the fee that's taken. So if we take a 2% fee, Maybe they get 0.2% of the fee, right? Um, and that, that I think, is a, a sustainable model. Um, though I don't know if our volume supports that yet. I don't know if it makes sense. Like our 15-minute distribution, we have, I think, some markets that don't cover the cost of that. Mm -hmm. But then we have other markets that more than cover the cost of it. So I think, I think we're on the net uh, as far as gas spend. But I don't really look too deep into it, actually. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no that's, that's, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah, no, because I was, I was just interested, right? So I guess uh, Gelato is, is a platform which helps uh, the execution of smart contracts when you need them by, I'm, I'm presuming they have their own distributed um, network to help, yeah. help the execution. Yeah, they have like, that's they, right. they, they automate it through bots, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, so... Uh, they they, they automate those. Yeah, they have something pretty cool going on. Yeah, cool. Um, and you you mentioned the the ricochet DAO. 
as in the people who who set up the the gelato is is there ideas for a DAO to help uh, take this project forward in the future is that something that's maybe in the works or yeah i mean the way i look at the DAO is it's a it's structured to put on top of this open source software system that's being operated um you know at this point the the contracts are there on the app right so it's really just a matter of like okay someone's got to run a front end so that people could use it so the DAO is really the organization like the lightest of organizations that could be set up just to make sure that it's sustainable and like the keeps the lights on mm-hmm. um and yeah those are the, the people in the DAO are basically the people who keep the lights on at ricochet um and keep the whole thing going so yeah cool and there's a ricochet token as well i believe what's what's the the plans for that is there any utility being built in or what's the yeah i mean the the main utility is that you can vote with it right and we have a treasury and so there's decisions to be made about what do we do with the funds in there um the other thing is the token gives you access to private channels of discord Mm -hmm. so most of the most of the development conversation at this point happens behind those channels um and then in the future i imagine that one of the ways that we would incentivize keepers to sort of keep triggering would be with the token um and then as far as what happens to protocol fees uh those will be used to buy back the token and give it to the people who work on the project uh basically those open source contributors will get paid with tokens that are bought back uh from whoever was willing to sell them back so i i also wanted to uh chime in here because one of the visions that i see moving forward uh, one of your questions was the uh, like what are we going to be working on in the future and i believe a great use of tokens is to gate uh new content new features um gate like uh, special like time time setting times and auto downgrading uh your tokens after you stream them so by gating content behind these tokens we uh incentivize the community to contribute towards the building of these features um and i think that's ultimately where i want to see it going but again it's uh, right now it's just uh we it's still it's in its early phases so uh i think really what we're we're doing it with, with it now is just fun uh just um government governance yeah cool and the main the main creation the main impetus by the creation of the token was one security for the project because if we don't make a token someone will just come along and do the same thing and make a token and then also it's just really good marketing like having a token and just giving out tokens even completely valueless we have no plan for what to do with this you know it's kind of like a business card it's kind of like handing out business cards um and it gives people something fun to do within the app uh to to do it so because we also we also will give you the, the people who use ricochet most of the tokens were distributed by passing them out to people using the product, um, using the protocol, so that they could, you know, feel like they have a piece of uh, ricochet in their wallet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, I guess last last big one from me is so Superfluid is expanding to different chains. Um, so I believe they've uh, also supporting BNB now, which is the Binance Smart Chain. Is there plans for Ricochet to follow in its footsteps and, and expand? Um, yeah, so I'm currently in the process of making that happen, although it's pretty slow because 
uh, we depend on more than just superfluid to run our project. Um, and that means that if we want to move on to a new chain, we have to get those companies also to move on to new or, or those DAOs to move on to new chains as well. But uh, there's, there's a lot of value in doing that um, exposure to new people at different crowds and uh, just helping the community in general. So that is definitely on our list of things to do in the near future. Awesome. That, that sounds amazing. Um, Cause you know, there's, there's assets on all chains that people are, are definitely interested in. I mean, you know, the, the big ones will, you know, primarily be either stable coins, uh, wrapped BTC and wrapped ETH, um, and potentially some other, other stable coins as well. And there's a lot of, I guess, liquidity, which is split among these, these different chains. Um, so I guess just, just making it accessible to more people will, will benefit everyone overall. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think, I think you guys have sort of answered all of, all of my questions. Um, so unless you guys have much else to add, um, I think we can probably start to wrap up and, um, it will be cool for everyone to know where where they can find you guys, whether that's on Twitter or anywhere else? Um, we're on Twitter, so uh, our handle is Ricochet Exchange, but so it's, it's spelled pretty weird. There's no E before the X in exchange, so Ricochet X change. Um, and uh, our website is ricochet.exchange. Uh, we are on a lot of different platforms, but mainly you would find us on Discord, Twitter, and on our website and in our app. Um, yeah, anything else you want to add, Mike? No, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah find uh, us online. Feel free to plug your, your personal Twitters as well if, if you're so interested. Thanks. Um, so I have a podcast, DeFi Talks. Uh, hopefully I can get you on there for Zon. Yeah. Uh, it would be nice to have you. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to shout out. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. In 